0: You are listening to The
1: Pilgrim on the 405 with Will Christ. Join him as he and his guests discover how businesses thrive in California.
0: Well, welcome to The Pilgrim on the 405. And uh, we're going to be talking today with Joe Camberato, who is the founder of uh, National Business Capital. There you go. National <laughs> Business Capital. Right in in Long Island, and Joe also runs his business on EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me. How's it going, Will? It is just going fine. I'm having a ball. So tell me about what, what your company does for businesses.
1: Well, we've just simplified and streamlined the process for obtaining financing for your business. Mm-hmm. So it started off as just helping one business owner at a time out of a small little business in my bedroom uh, grew into a pretty awesome company now built on great people and great technology. Um, We've got an amazing platform that has over 75 lenders on it. So you just apply in one place, and there's not a one-size-fits-all lender for um, every single business that's out there. So depending on your business, your industry, your revenue size, your time in business, your credit profile, all those things matter, and those all Uh, make up different lenders and then more importantly what are you looking to use the funds for so all those things will make a difference in what product may make sense for you so very simply you can apply in one place through technology and through awesome people here at the company we get you matched to the right lender and that happens very quickly we can fund up to like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars now and uh in under 24 hours which is pretty amazing Um, and, um, and we hope, you know, help folks, you know, up to typically around $5 million, um, without real estate collateral. And, um, depending on, you know, whether you're looking for an SBA loan to a credit line, to a small business loan, to equipment financing, to inventory financing, I mean, there's so many different products out there now, term loans, we have all those on the platform. And, um, sometimes we find that owners think they need one thing, but based on their opportunity. There is a better product out there. So, you know, it, there's so many lending options today, um, which is great. And it, there's never been a better time in the history of business lending to uh, gain access to business financing. But um, now there's so many options, it's actually more confusing. And it's really important as an owner that you're getting the max of the right option for your business.
0: Now, is is what you're doing anything like what uh, LendingTree did for residential lending?
1: Yeah, in, in a way, so but so LendingTree is you apply in one place, which is great, and they all these lenders reach out to you and bombard you and call you, and and um, and which is kind of overwhelming for the customer. So what makes us a little bit different is when you apply with us, you know, LendingTree just really like sells that lead off to a bunch of mortgage companies. What we do is you apply in one place, and then you deal with someone from here, and we have a conversation with you, really understand your need. Um, and then we go, um, you know, pull the right lenders in on your behalf. And we deal with that process. So You deal with one person, you don't get bombarded by a million different people trying to compete for your business.
0: So, this is like a, a one point of contact broker.
1: Yeah, well, I guess lending. we could say we're like the rocket mortgage of commercial lending. Uh huh. You know, so, you apply in one place and it's streamlined, simple, digital. We have a secure bank connection so you don't have to, you know, pass your financial info, you know, through email or secure, and we have secure uploads for your financial statements and stuff like that. So everything is all simply one place, one platform, you know, speak to one person and that person's not a low level customer service agent overseas. Um, they, you know, are here in the U.S. in, in office here. And, uh, and that person not only understands all the lending guidelines and the lender options, they also get and understand business, which is which is not an easy thing to train and teach, and and probably one of the hardest things, um, you know, that we have to deal with in our business. Um, but we do that really well, and a lot of the folks have been here for many years and are very experienced in uh, what they do.
0: So, interest rates—is uh, it similar? If I, you know, I'm going to have my credit rating is going to be my credit rating as a business owner. Yep. And now, uh, am I going to get? something comparable in terms of interest rates uh, or terms to what I would get to know with a local lender here in Orange County?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, it's a great question. So if, you know, like a, we, we provide and offer SBA um, loans, um, which are great, and, you know, the rates are, you know, typically the lowest out there. Um, and what's awesome is, is we have a few different, because even when it comes to SBA loans, a lot of people think that it's the same everywhere you go, but it's not. The bank ultimately has to, you know, underwrite the loans according to the SBA guidelines. But a bank can also make a decision whether or not they want that uh, loan on their books. So, um, you know, a lot of times, too, certain banks, like local banks, they may want your checkings and savings in, in order to provide that loan to you. So we work with some of the nation's leading um, non-bank um, uh, SBA lenders. So they're, they, all they do is strictly focus on SBA lending. Some of these are publicly traded companies, and but they don't do checkings or savings. They have no interest in that, or, nor do want it. Um, so all they do, and they just repeat that process. So they're super streamlined, and and then each one of those lenders has their own criteria. Some cap at three hundred and fifty thousand without real estate. Some will go up to five million dollars without real estate. So a lot of people don't realize this stuff, and a lot of times we find that you know bankers at banks don't realize, like they only know what their bank does. But they don't realize that you know there's these other options out there even within sba so yeah if you're going if we're looking for an sba product we're really competitive um equipment financing you know rates are three four five percent go on up depend on risk and then if it's you know non-bank or non-sba you know the rates are typically you know prime plus two to three percent um prime plus five percent and then they can go you know up from there you know all all based on risk so you know if you're more of a startup company um you know the rate might be a little bit higher if your credit has you know sometimes business owners challenge you know you know, kind of beat the credit for growing their business and that's okay i've been there and done that myself everything you know you know is uh is you know risk uh you know risk-based uh you know pricing
0: this business started out of your garage right my bedroom, yeah. Oh, your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, the it was a little, a little
1: nicer in the bedroom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, all right. So now tell me what you're seeing out there. I was hearing the other day that uh, I was talking with somebody about, about receivables. Now, sometimes when I, as an EOS implementer, come into a company, they will have large amounts of receivables simply because they hadn't paid attention to it.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was we talking that, to a friend
0: yeah. of mine the other day about about that. And he said that his in his experience right now that receivables are, are, are really at a low because people have a lot of money that's been, you know, moved around and, and, and given. away. What are you finding in terms of loans right now? Are people looking
1: for them? Oh, yeah, it, we're we're busier than ever. Um, you know, businesses are optimistic. Um, they're eager to get back to business. I was just talking with someone or, you know, they were doing a um, a little story and and uh, they were asking some similar question and, you know, confidence is really back to, you know, just about pre-pandemic levels from the, the business owners, also from the lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably never been a better time to apply for business lending. Lenders are really competitive uh, to, and they're eager to earn business and make up for lost time. Um but from the lending side, you know, um, and everything varies from industry to industry. Like some industries got hit way harder than others. Right. Some industries benefited from COVID. And and then, you know, coming down to the business owners, some are always optimistic and some aren't optimistic when times are good. So, you know, the optimistic people, there's opportunity out there. And, and the only thing that's getting in the way from their opportunity um, right now is supply chain, you know, things being backed up. But really, you know, access to to funding. Um, so business owners are taking advantage of that funding. They've taken advantage of PPP. They've probably spent that already, and you know now they are looking to borrow more money to uh, to take advantage of uh, some of the things that are going out there in the marketplace.
0: Uh huh. Well, now what what do you find that typically people you know in in, uh, in our target market it's ten to two hundred and fifty employees what are people borrowing money for these
1: days uh it, again it's mostly like 95 98 percent of you know folks applying with us right now are some sort of an opportunity or in their business so um you know we deal with a lot of e-commerce um construction um contractors so you know e-commerce is inventory um, or receivables and a lot of times like if it's for receivables it's because they you know, they just can't keep up with the demand and can't take in new orders fast enough. So we'll do some sort of receivable financing deal. But it seems to be um, inventory, uh, materials, supplies, um, and then, you know, equipment. You know, they're looking to add new equipment to do more work. um, And then also, and then like, you know, hiring. So, you know, lay out money for payroll and to take on those additional hires and, um and or you know, to rehire to get back to where they were.
0: Now I'm assuming that you uh, do a lot of, of data analysis of loans. Yep. Of, of the consumers when the business uh, businesses are asking for loans. Now, do you find that there's an uptick in um, in in uh, machines purchase of machines as uh, you know, given the logistics snafu, uh, are are companies. Gearing up to do more manufacturing stateside?
1: Yeah, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of manufacturing stuff start to trickle in. We're financing a lot of trucks, you know, trailers, trucks, box trucks, Mm -hmm. sprinter vans for Amazon deliveries, refrigerator trucks, um, you know, uh, in order to deliver, um, you know, a lot of grocery deliveries um, and a lot of like trailers over the road truckers, things like that. So we we do a ton of that stuff, a lot of, you know, uh, yellow iron. You know, um, so, you know, construction industries, because there's just a lot of building happening. And then a lot of um, a lot of like IT tech stuff as well, too.
0: Really? Yeah. All right. So so what would you say your sweet spot is?
1: Our sweet spot are companies that are doing anywhere from a million to 20 million. Um, you know, those revenue sizes are the you know, um, we, we do really well with those. Um, we have a lot of options in that arena. We absolutely help, you know, customers that are doing less than a million dollars in sales and and um, and those deals are very easy and automated almost for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, folks that are doing, you know, one to 10 million and then, you know, hitting 10 and, and approaching and want to get to that 20 million mark, you know, they're in hyper growth mode. Um, they're not looking to maybe give up equity just yet. And um, and they've got opportunities and they want to take advantage of financing to to grow faster.
0: All right, so that's that's a conversation about your offering and what's in the marketplace out there. I want to get into talking more about your business itself. Now, I understand you're working uh, with EOS, right?
1: In your yeah, business. absolutely. Yeah, we did love you EOS. Use an,
0: did you use an implementer?
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. And, and I wouldn't recommend uh, trying to implement it on your own. You have to use an implementer. So who, was implement- did. who was your? implementer? Uh, Jonathan Smith. And, uh, and he's still, you got Jonathan's the best awesome. You got
0: the best one. He <laughs> is great. He is a good friend and he does a, just so good. Uh, he's Wonderful. awesome. He is. Yeah, he yeah. is awesome. Uh, now.
1: And not Jonathan, only like, he's awesome for me, my team, you know, loves Jonathan, you know, as well too, you know, which right. is maybe one of the most important things, right? Cause we can implement all this stuff as owners and say, it's great. Right. But if right. the team's not buying in, then it's just, uh, it's meaningless.
0: Right. That's been my experience. Absolutely. Now talk to me about what your business was like before you implemented EOS. And then we'll talk a little bit about where it is now, but what was the
1: struggle that you had before? No. So, you know, we, we, one of the things that I've always, uh, it took me a while. And then I, you know, finally, you know, realized how important processes and systems were. I was a few years into the company so we we put a lot of focus on processes and systems across all different departments and we, we really kind of were forced to because in my business you can really only win by processing volume of applications and if you can imagine like every application there's like you know a credit report that goes along with it you know multiple bank statements financial docs tax returns it's a lot of paperwork so in you know we process thousands of applications every single month so you have to be like process driven um and really focus on that so we were forced to and we really nailed that really well but once we nailed the process you know we kept we were growing and um and things were really good but we kind of were hitting the ceiling with having you know a high performing team we had some really good people but as the company grew it was very hard to like really get in sync with everyone and i think you know as an owner like feel like i'm in tune with everything that's happening and you start to have these meetings and they just really become like you know like like complaining sessions you know and and you know we're, we're not getting anywhere like it was just kind of like these off the cuff meetings and there was no structure or process and it's kind of funny i, I explained this to people with eos you know i've, I've seen how well having a pro- these you know specific processes in the business how th- amazing they are right and you really and and any business it doesn't matter what industry and if you don't focus on processes and systems you're not going to be able to scale and grow efficiently it's going to be very chaotic so it's almost like that simple like why not have a process in your meeting structure and once like that clicked and the light bulb went off like once you really get eos it's actually so easy it's just you, you know you have to get there and i couldn't imagine getting there without an implementer um, and it's something I tell people all the time, you know, uh, it takes all of it off of you as an owner and bringing in a third party. It also, I think get, you know, got my team to take it very serious. Um, but, um, you know, we wanted to have like a really tight team, a high performing team. And, and also, you know, as a, as a, you know, owner and CEO, I wanted to know that I could be, you know, not have to be every single wear in the business and, co- and have confidence in the team, you know, that things are getting done. And and the needles being pushed and moved along, um, you know, without, um, you know, me having to be in every single part of that.
0: hmm So now, talk to me about how you rolled out EOS to the
1: entire company. Um, you know, we, we recommended, we, you know, I, I, I first told it to my, you know, management team that, hey, I've heard nothing but great things about this. And, um, you know, uh, and, and Jonathan spoke at one of our YPO events and, um and a few uh business relationships of mine and uh, and fellow ypoers utilized Jonathan got some great feedback I read the book traction so I recommended the team to read the book even though it's not recommended um and, and a good amount of people did read it and then uh we really just brought Jonathan in I you know just said hey we're, we're kind of doing this <laughs> so um and uh and Jonathan came in we had a really good first session you know with the team and you know, and, and from there, um, you know, we realized and identified a lot of things that were needed. And then, you know, we just kind of rolled into the uh, you know, into the, you know, I think we did our first few meets. It's been a while now.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, and we're even at a point where our team is really rocking and rolling, but I still like having Jonathan come in once a quarter and I just keeps things, you know, structured and right. you know, points out things that we're not thinking. And and I think it's really good having that non-biased third party person in the room you know to sometimes point out our blind spots or things that we're not thinking about you know
0: so so how many people in the organization right now
1: right now we're around uh like 50 mid 50s and and Um, all 50
0: are all 50 people participating in l10 meetings and using eos
1: so not all 10 Our, our management team is um and then some of the different teams are so not every single person, uh-huh. um, but but um, but a few different departments are
0: good. So now let's talk a little bit about this EOS Life idea. I mean, Gino just published EOS Life. Uh, I had a had the the fun of living with it for a year because I was one of the readers in the book, and so it's been something on my mind for a, a while now. Uh, eos life as as we you know you, you know this it's it's five things it's doing only what you love not just doing what you love but only what you love it's doing it with people you love it's making a great contribution either to yourself to the company or to the world and and then it's being compensated appropriately and then having plenty of time left over for the, your other passions, like family and hobbies and things like that. How does that work in your company? Uh, are you living the EOS life now?
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely getting back to the EOS life. I think COVID, you know, uh, <laughs> COVID, COVID completely, uh, completely rattled up my EOS life and I think everybody else's. So if I said anything differently, I'd I'd be, uh, you know, I'd be not being transparent, Um, but it's super important. And, you know, our company has been built in an amazing culture. We've been number one top workplace three years in a row. So it's really important that we're winning in business and we hold each other highly accountable here, but we also have a fun time while we're doing it. And I definitely make sure that myself and team members you know, are doing what they need to, but also, you know, taking that time for themselves. And, and I think it's, it's, you know, I feel like all those things, it's hard to have completely balanced, but just integrating, like work and life together. And I do stay focused on um, getting myself into the things that I love doing in, you know, in the business and staying there, having confidence in the team, and having that time, you know, for myself as well, too. Um, So I'd say we're, we're, we're living by that fairly well. And, and, have really been getting back to that, which has been super important, uh, you know, to me for myself and for, for, for everybody here.
0: So doing what you love, you had to figure out what it is that you're really good at, right? What's your unique, unique ability? What do you love doing that you're great at? And then have you, have you successfully delegated the things that you're not great at, that you don't love to people who do love doing those things?
1: yeah i've gotten a lot better with that you know over the years and um and um have really built out some great you know structures you know here in the biz and people that are you know doing those things and 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 i have been you know really focused on the things that i love i mean you know pre-pandemic i was nailing that you know to a t and um and was not you know involved at all in the day-to-day and 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 it's all because of eos like i would have Never been able to get to that point without it. So I, you know, pre-pandemic and and even as things are getting back now, like I don't, I'm not in the day-to-day. I have, and that's because I have the confidence in the team, and because we have this meeting structure, so I can check in and I'm in the know of what's going on. And of course, things like when random, you know, unique things like this is a new one. Like, how do we handle this? Right. Uh, of course, I get looped in. I I come in as a you know, like a consultant, so to speak, but. Um, you know, I'm not in the day to day and I'm really focusing on the things I love. And for me, that's really, you know, the the, the brand and doing things like this. And, okay. you know, I have the time to do things, you know, like this uh, because of that structure that's in place.
0: Good. So working with people that you love have uh, did
1: 120 you know, percent.
0: Well, we, it, you know,
1: it's it's got to do with uh, do they fit your core values. Uh, and, and, yeah. I mean, like culture, like we like literally kick ass in culture um, and, and, you know, we were focused on culture before it was a buzzword and, and, uh-huh. um, you know, it another great book, delivering happiness, which, you know, we read and we had them come in as well too. And, um, I become friends with the CEO, Jen Lim and uh-huh. it's, it's, you know, it's been a game changer on our business, but, um, you know, we have such great people here. We have such an amazing culture. I love all the people that we work with, not just on my management team, like everyone in the organization. Uh-huh. And it's hard to get to that place. And everyone talks about culture. Most people don't live by it. Like we live by it. We breathe it. And, and I think as a leader, you got to be in the culture as well too. Otherwise it, it's kind of pointless. And it's just kind of, you're just saying it to be, use that buzzword. But, um, what's been amazing is and and again, we've you know been number one top workplace on Long Island three years in a row, and it, you know it's not a coincidence. Um, we've our culture's at this place where it's become self-filtering. So like, if you're not a good person, you're not hitting our core values. Like, never mind like myself or the management team, you know, asking you to leave. Like the team, you know, the the all the other people here will, you know, will will be probably pushing you out, and and that's like. When you kind of see that in motion, it it's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. So that that becomes very attractive for people who fit your core values.
1: And it also becomes
0: kind of repellent for those who don't.
1: Yep. hundred percent. And like, even when we do our interviews now, we go through those core values. And if you're not checking the boxes, there's no exceptions. And, right. you know, we just kind of, we just keep it moving. You know, we right. we want to grow. We want to hire people. We don't need to, you know, so- right and being that we want to and we're making a conscious decision to grow and to be better all we want to do is we want to add better people but if you're you if you're not fitting that then we don't need to right. and that's a that's a nice place to to be in right
0: it's a big difference between doing things because you need to or have yep. to and you want to i mean i think that's the difference between scarcity and abundance
1: yep that's exactly right
0: now, all right. So, so you talked about doing things that you only doing things that you love, uh, with people that you love. Now, do people see the connection between what they do every day, and the contribution not only to, you know, making the company great, but also to helping businesses in America work well? Do they see that contribution?
1: You know, they, they do, and that's really an awesome question. And and I think they do because of how a- active I'm in, you know, with, you know, um, getting out there with customers, you know, interviews, different things, you know, video testimonials that I'll do with our customers and, and, and also just, like, a, a lot of these different, you know, stories that um, I'm a part of with our customers where they get kind of, like, see, like... If you look at my YouTube and things like that, you know you can see some really cool things where I'm out and about with our customers, and they get to see those end results. And then we have a process around how we share recent transactions and what those transactions, you know, equaled. Like we just had someone recently; we financed five trucks for them, which they're going to be able to hire another ten employees. You know, which was going to, uh, you know, create you know ten more jobs. Um, you know, which is you know ten more families. So like yeah. kind of sharing those stories is something that's, you know, is something that we do and it's, it's really cool. And it's really rewarding. And then, you know, on top of that, we're always doing stuff locally in the community. Right. And, you know, every, every um, transaction that we complete, we donate 10 meals to feeding America. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, you know, well over a hundred thousand meals uh, now, which is really uh, nice. So everybody feels that they're making a contribution. Absolutely. And, and, you know, they know too, it's like, Small business is 99% of the country. That's it, right. You know? and,
0: and, you know, my belief, now this is just my belief, but my belief is that when you look at the issues that we're having to struggle with right now, social unrest, a variety of things, and that, that, that includes people who struggled when businesses left in 2008 and moved to offshore, lots of people suffering. And, and when I look around, I don't think government's going to solve that problem for us.
1: Yeah, no, business, business is. And, and I,
0: I, I, I wish churches were going to solve it, but I just don't see that. Education's a long play. Business is the most effective lever for making social change right now.
1: 100%. and And I think a lot of this stuff that you see in the media, it's a bunch of bullshit. I mean— the like where we are in the in like the history of the world today. Yeah. I mean, it's like it in, in 1955 or something like that, there was two billion people. There's eight billion people now. There's never been more opportunity, like in the history of mankind, really too. Like if you look at the real facts, crime globally is down, terrorism is down. Um, but like they and poverty's down like lowest level it's ever been like if you look at the real facts so i you could sit around and complain but you're just a complainer like i I think about like my grandmother came over here on a boat from europe from italy in like 19 i think 1915 Uh and like she would tell me stories of how she would like share a loaf of bread with her brothers and sisters and like that that like that's not going to happen to to my kids or your kids, you know. Like and you know, so and, and there was an opportunity when she came here, you know, at that time. So, you know, even through a pandemic and through all of this craziness, there was still opportunity. Like, how lucky Night. were you know were was this country to get unemployment and get extra money through this? Like that 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 would have never happened, you know. Never mind fifty or hundred years ago, like. 10 or 20 years ago that wasn't happening right
0: right. well all right so so we got we got (laughs) got your people doing what they love doing with people they love making a great contribution how about how about being compensated appropriately
1: yes i mean that's super super important to me you know and there's awesome opportunities here um and you know everyone here is compensated pretty well and And, um, and also based on, you know, performance and things like that as well, too. So um, that's super important. Like, you know, you you have to nail all those buckets, you know, as a business owner. And, and there's been plenty of times growing the company that, you know, I had to take a backseat in, in, you know, my pay or giving myself raises in order to make sure that, you know, as I was building the company team that everyone was compensated well. So,
0: and then finally have plenty of time for your other passions, family, hobbies, contributions to the community. Is that is that true for you? Is it true for the leadership team, for the whole company?
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is and you know we focus on that and we also do fun stuff outside of the business. So even you know that with you know with the team and and try and make it fun there as well too. And and uh and I try and make sure that I focus on that for myself. I just happen to get myself involved in in a lot of things in in the business and outside of the business, but as my kids are growing now, I'm starting to incorporate them into things that I am doing business wise. So I'm still spending the time, and I you know I hope that they're learning something too.
0: Now let me ask you because we you know Gino back when he was getting started with Don Tenney predicted he wrote on a napkin by 2020 there'll be 10,000 companies who are being implemented with EOS December. 2020,
1: 10,500 companies. We did it. <laughs> that's
0: amazing! Wow. Now, 2030. Our prediction is that by 2030, a hundred thousand companies will be working with an implementer to implement EOS. Wow, that's amazing. Now, if you take, if you say that it's you know the average company in our sweet spot of 10 to 250 employees, the average company has 50 employees. Just you know, for for the sake of the argument, 50 employees, that's how many? 5 million people. Not counting yeah. their families who will be directly impacted. And my fervent wish is that every implementer will be saying, oh, six months, nine months in, when they're going through their BTO and their quarterly and looking at their 10-year target, you know, generally it starts off with, some big, huge uh, uh, revenue number and then uh, maybe has and will be doing great, great goods and services. I want to I want to see every company include and by this 10 year target. One hundred percent of our employees will be living the EOS life
1: or have a path to it. Yeah. 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 That's the thing, right? Like having the path to it, because. It, it, it's not for, for, you know, some people will want to and some won't and that's okay. But as long as the path is there, but that's amazing. And, and I, I, mean, I could see it happening and I don't know how you get to a certain size, you know, with your company and you don't bring in or not utilizing the EOS process. Like it's just, yeah, you know, like it's been a game changer for us. So.
0: Yeah. And, and given right now, this, you know, this big shuffle with people moving all around the country and the great resignation with you know, how many, 50%, 40, 25 whatever it is, a lot of people are moving out of companies. And I think that's gonna change the way that companies uh, go about attracting, retaining and motivating their people. And I think EOS is right in there as an answer to what they need to be doing.
1: Well, you know, I, I think the reality is this stuff was already happening pre-COVID you know, COVID just, you know, fast forwarded where you had no choice yeah. to think, you know, re- remote and never had time to actually think, but this was, this was already happening. Like hiring pre-COVID mm-hmm. was the hardest it ever was. And, and people were having the option to work remote at different companies. And, you know, it's funny, like people are now like, oh, maybe we should think about culture. Like, it's like, <laughs> are you crazy? Like, and, and, and like too, like, it's amazing coming to this office every day. And, what's been created here. I love being surrounded by like these awesome people with great attitudes. So why wouldn't you want to do that in your business? Like, I don't want to show up to work with people I can't stand. Like, that sounds miserable, you you know? So I don't know how people tolerate it, but, you know, from the leadership or ownership or CEO, whatever, you want to call yourself from the top down, like it's kind of, it's, you know, it's in your control. You just have to do something about it. So,
0: yes, you can, we can make a change. And that's what I believe this the next nine years I think I think that having you know five million people and a hundred thousand companies, that's gonna make a huge impact. And, huge. and yeah. you know, we, we also we, we also know from the data that that the number of people self implementing like you were initially, uh, the number of people using the tools in the US is a ten times number. So that could be easily that we are affecting
1: fifty million people. That's amazing, and uh, and I and I hope so. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah. a lot better ran companies, you know. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> for sure,
0: and a lot better, a lot better attitude for people, and a lot better life. So that's why I'm excited about it. I am just absolutely, absolutely thrilled with 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 working with people like you. Uh, who, who see this and can see the, the huge change that's there. So thank you so much, Joe uh, if, if how would people how would people who wanted to uh, talk to you well either about EOS or wanted to talk about loans, how would they get in touch with this?
1: Yeah, so if you wanted to check out my company, you can easily go to nationalbusinesscapital.com. Um, or if you wanted to you know follow me uh, you know I put out tons of content videos and if you want to connect you can check me out um, at grow by Joe. Um, you can go right to youtube forward slash grow by Joe um, or on LinkedIn uh, you can find me linkedin.com forward slash grow by Joe
0: Excellent. Joe, thank you so much for being part of us here because what what we focus on here is is we focus on companies that are thriving. Uh, started off several years ago, thriving in California, uh, and and now it's it's really looking at people around the world who are thriving, and many of them are thriving because of their commitment uh, to EOS. So it's been a a great joy getting to know you better and having this great conversation.
1: So that's the way the businesses thrive. Awesome. Well, thank you. We're thriving because of EOS. So shout out to EOS and love everything that you guys are doing. And uh, and thanks for having me on the show, Will. Great.
0: You've been listening to The Pilgrim on the 405 with Will Christ.